mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower, 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560, myself. Jeff Corwin, JC's British and 4x4 with us today. Charlie Grimes, our engineer. Larry Younger answering phones, as he always does. And I guess Paul Lewenberger was with us for the last three hours. Appreciate him joining us. Fix It Radio, and then the last two hours here on Drive Radio. Bob and Lakewood, though, you're next. We have lines open, by the way. Give us a call, 303-477-5600. Bob, what's going on? Hey, hi, John. Hey, I got a question about tire pressures. Okay. My truck lives in the garage on the... So it never gets colder than 55 or so in the garage. Okay. But outside temperatures, you know, there's 30 degrees or lower. This morning it was when 12 I, when I came down. Yeah. So I checked, checked the tire pressure when it's set overnight in the garage and it's 55 degrees. Do I need to add a couple of pounds for every 10 degrees below that the expected outdoor temperature would be? Oh, I guess the question is, how much of that cold weather driving like that do you do daily? I mean, do you, do you leave the garage, go someplace, it sits through the day, and then you come back home, or what's your cycle like? Uh, since I'm retired, it's in the garage most of the time, unless I'm going somewhere. Raise them a couple so, pounds and call it good. Yeah, that's That's, that's all you got to do. Not, I mean, not, not two pounds for every 10 degrees, but just a couple pounds in general and call it good. You'll be fine. When it's at, when it's sitting in the garage, just add a couple of pounds. You'll be fine. You'll have no issues with that. Because keep okay. in, you know, keep and, in mind, as the tire does warm up going down the road, even on a cold day, the tire itself will still warm up and get warm. So you know, we don't need to adjust that you know two pounds for every ten degrees down that we go because that tire is going to warm up over time as you drive. Understood. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just thanks for clarifying it. Something of always. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, soluble. I mean, you know, some some people out there listening, if we did that, they'd say, "Wait a minute, okay, so I've got to add two force." They'd be adding you know eight or ten pounds of pressure to a you know thirty five psi tire, and then be at forty five, and that's way over pressured, and we don't want that. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, that's well. Okay. Makes sense. That's what I've been doing. Couple pounds with what you're doing, you'd be fine. Right. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for the clarification. You're very Appreciate welcome. It. No, and by the way, great question. Thanks for asking, Bob, because that's one thing that folks will read those things and say, "Oh, I better add X right. amount." Right. Well, no, you don't really need to do that. We, we want to make sure the tires are full. You get better economy and so on. Keep in mind with a with a lot of you that may be driving in some of the more adverse conditions. Uh, and I talked about this even this last week a little bit during the week on The Daily Show, a little less tire pressure does help you with traction, but I'm not one of those guys to say, you know, adjust that, you know, every time there's a, a storm, take a few pounds out and then add a few, you know, just figure out what your setting needs to be and leave it and call it good. You'd be much better off doing yeah, that. I think, I think if you look at it as far as, you know, 
average tire pressure for the year or for the month or something like that or how season. much driving you're doing for the season um, because yeah you raise your tire pressure a little bit you get a little bit better gas mileage but you want to make sure that your tires are still wearing properly for oh, and that's a whole key too yeah good yeah. point yeah because even even raising them a little bit if you notice that the center is wearing faster than the outer edges we've got too much pressure yep too high if you notice the outer edges are wearing more than the center we don't have enough which i can tell you from looking around at vehicles at stoplights and just driving down the road probably there's a lot of people out there with a bad pressure over half don't have enough pressure yeah not exaggerating folks at least over and i think they even did studies on this a while back some of the you know car care counseling and some did, you know, study back that, you know, 40 to 50% of the tires out there running around are, are underinflated. Right. It's a big deal. And well, it's probably right along there with how many people have alignments that need to be adjusted. Annually, in my opinion. Well, I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about the ones that are out well, of alignment, but they keep driving they anyway. They hit the pothole and there's, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And, but that's where a lot of the other tire wear comes from. So. Yeah, no, alignment, I'm a, I'm a guy, folks, that believes that, alignments are preventative maintenance that should be done on an annual basis and if you're living in a really rough area you know dirt roads things like that a biannual alignment Mm -hmm. is what you guys should be looking at and and i will tell you that as an industry goes this is an area that we underperform in every single day and i mean that sincerely there are some folks out there that specialize in this that probably do better than others but in general most regular independent auto repair shops and dealerships do not recommend alignments enough. All right. And on the flip side, the good alignment companies that, like Hunter that supply the equipment have designed this equipment to do a quick check That's right. it's not that so big a deal. well, so yep. quickly, so that you can get a basic idea of, of whether there's any major tire wear obstacles or, or adjustments right. that are out right away right. without going through having to do a full alignment you could figure that out in 15 minutes or less and, and this way you can say well yes we really should do an alignment or your major tire wearing angles are fine the suspension inspection looks fine that's right and at least give that consumer some peace of mind that's right good point all right 303-477-5600 is our phone number again 303-477-5600 jeff just brought up something a moment ago as well which is becoming a i mean it already is i I, becoming isn't the right word it's here and it's only going to get worse is probably what i should say and that is catalytic converter theft in fact i get emails on this you know quite often you know what can i do to prevent it uh you know i lost my cat how do i get it replaced Mm -hmm. all these different things and I will tell you that, yes, it's a problem. Uh, it's a problem even when your vehicle can be parked at a repair shop. I know Gino, Steve, he was actually on one of the news stations the other day. Somebody came in, and within 30 seconds, the cat's gone. Broad daylight mm-hmm. comes in, saws all, cat's gone. I, folks, it's it's happening. I was blown away. I think that was the one that was on the news station. It was something like 10 seconds. Yep. It's like, boom, and, boom. And he was like, my guys can't even ch- cut, cut one right. out that fast. That's like, right. what are they using? That's right. Um, it is unbelievable how fast, how proficient these thieves are. Well, when that's all they do all day long, they they get very efficient at it. So what does this mean? There are several programs. Now, Jeff is involved in one. Steve Agino's is involved in one as well where we can tag the cat now, etch it basically, and there's some stickers that go on the window that let you know that. Now, again, folks, I'm, I'm one of these that believes, is this a foolproof method in keeping your cat from getting stolen? No. No. Does it keep some of the... 
thieves from skipping your car and looking at the next one that may not have that identification marker on it? Possibly. Right. Yeah, Possibly. Maybe. Is it a full deterrent? No. The only full deterrent, and Jeff and I were talking about this during the break, the only full deterrent are some of the devices that either uh, put a big skid plate underneath where the cat is, that, that you know, it's, it's really tough at that point to right. get in there and take the cat off, or there are these uh, cat cable locks, which I'll be honest, folks, I've never installed one. In fact, I don't think I've ever even seen one installed to know how effective, you know, those cable locks are. Uh, I will say this. Cable is hard to cut with a sawzall. Mm -hmm. You normally would have to have a torch or something with you to cut cable because typically they're, you know, they're hardened. There's lots of strands. It it moves. It vibrates. It's just not easy to cut those cables off. So typically those, those cat locks, those cable locks don't work too bad. But here's the deal. They're, they're not, none of this is cheap either. The average cat lock system, catalytic converter lock system, is going to probably set you back 500 bucks or so by the time you get it bought, installed, and so on. Am I pretty close in that? I would guess. I haven't looked. Maybe more. I haven't looked into the cable lock systems. Um, Well, they're about 300 bucks for a good lock. Plus, you got to put it on. Well, and that's the question that, I mean, like I said, I haven't researched it, right? But putting it on, if your catalytic converter has a heat shield that's surrounding the whole thing, you're not installing the cable lock through the heat shield. True. Right? I would guess you need to somehow weld it directly to the main casing of the cat, but I haven't researched that. Um, Obviously, adding skid plates is a great way because you add, especially for those off-roaders and those lifted trucks, because especially once you lift your truck, that is extra easy for a thief to get underneath. Because they're high. Yep. So, and if you're going to be an off-roader, add some skid plating under there, and you got you're, you're you're doing two jobs at once now. You're protecting your cats and your exhaust when wheeling, and you're making it that much harder because you've got a quarter-inch plate steel skid plate. Those, those these aren't cutting through that. Correct. And uh, Charlie just asked, by the way, are there certain makes and models that are more likely to be hit by? catalytic converter thieves jeff kind of alluded to some of that now yeah some of these that are higher up they're easy to slide underneath you don't need to jack up the car at all to get underneath it uh you know which means a lot of your suvs Mm -hmm. four-wheel drives off-road vehicles that sit up higher vehicles that are lifted uh, you know some of the cars where they're really low to the ground and and by the way the catalytic converters may be way up front in sort of that you know some catalytic converters are right off the manifold uh, those are going to be harder for thieves to get in there and take off uh, so those are a little bit uh, probably less desirable from a theft standpoint but folks any of the even small suvs where somebody can just slide underneath the sawzall Stick that blade up there, hack it off, and leave in a matter of 15, 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah they're vulnerable. I'll go with <clears throat> We've had a couple customers come in that have had that happen. Our shop got hit. They cut through the locks on our gate and got inside the in, inside the, the our, our secure storage and got a couple of vehicles. They went after the, the easy lifted trucks. But we've seen it where the thieves know what vehicle they're going after. We had one, they unbolted the exhaust from the manifold because it was easier than trying to get in to cut it. So they even knew what tools they needed to do the job to remove the cat. Um, they, they know it's quick money, and they, they know these shortcuts, and if they break hardware, they don't care. And, of course, if they destroy O2 sensors, whatever's left after they cut it out, they don't care. It just adds to more, you know, more of the backside of us all having to manage this. Yep. Yep. So anything we can do to dissuade the situation minimize the possibilities at this point it's worth it until i don't know we change the program where there's no value in catalytic converters which i 
don't, I don't, think, I don't see that yeah, happening. I, I don't see that one happening. I just the, got a, a big, long question, by the way, along these lines and some of the other theft devices that we can probably cover here in the next 45 minutes as well. Okay. So well, I just want to point out um, the Cat Guard program that AAA Colorado and uh, I think it's through a grant through Colorado right now to, to help um, – Basically, it's a free-to-the-consumer situation. Right. We're going to deter these. We're going to, de- you know, for the deterrent. Right. Um, that serial number that's etched in your catalytic converter is registered online um, to, you know, this reporting agency with your with your VIN number to your vehicle. So there's some serial tracking going on. But once again, you know, if, the, if these guys cut this stuff off, they could just take an angle grinder and, and, and grind off that information. It's it, Nothing's stopping them. Yeah, no, all, all you, I was going to say you're keeping the honest guy honest, but these guys aren't honest in the first place. All you're doing is it's like having a dog in the backyard. Right. Okay. We all know that having some of those deterrents, dog in the backyard, things like that, just keep a thief from typically moving on to the next house, not stopping at yours. That's all you're doing with this cat guard, you know, this etching technology. It's a similar situation. We're just trying to get the guy to move to the next car. I have seen what I believe personally is a horrible suggestion put out there by, uh, I think, I don't know if it was on the AAA website, but it was definitely put out there um, from the state or news agency somewhere suggesting welding some material directly between the catalytic converter and the frame of the car and this is a horrible idea because your drivetrain your transmission your exhaust your engine is all on rubber mounts and supposed to flex no bad idea bad idea terrible idea actually yep that's a no-no yeah. yeah, I'm glad you mentioned I will that. Say, I haven't seen that. But physically, said physically that. it will work but to dissuade them. But that's not what we're doing. No. But you're causing bigger issues, I think, in the long run. Don't go there. Yeah. And Agreed. I've seen it on a vehicle, so I just wanted okay. to point that out as Good well. Good point. All right, so we're going to talk about theft and some other things along those lines. Paul, hang tight. We'll come right back to you. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters, to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners, to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. Increase comfortability in your home with a UV air purifying system from Absolute. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air offers dynamic air solutions you won't find at most HVAC companies. Unfortunately, not all air purification products deliver on their promises. Before selecting a product, the team at Absolute personally met with the scientists who developed the technology, installing systems in their own homes to make sure they really work. The science makes sense. Your ultraviolet purifier attaches to your furnace, killing particles like dust, mold, and even most viruses at the source before the air blows through your vents into the rest of your house. One small unit purifies the air throughout your home, eliminating odors. Call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air today for an air purifier that works. 
800-242-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Classic car insurance is not created equal. Some insurance companies won't offer you insurance at all, and if they do, it's most likely not the right coverage. If you have an accident or theft, do you know if your current company will cover your classic or modern hot rod for its total value? Do you know that some companies put limits on how many miles you can drive in a given year? Paul Lewinberger has been selling insurance for the past 18 years and knows the ins and outs of the insurance industry. American National Insurance has a division called Chrome Insurance that is specifically tailored toward people like you. Chrome stands for classic, antique, or modern classic, hot rod or street rod, replica or kit car, original, unrestored, modified or custom, exotic, rare or unique, and in excess of $100,000 in appraised value. Don't insure your special car with anyone else. Get the best coverage at the best price by calling Paul today, 303-662-0789, or find him on our website, drive-radio.com. That's drive-radio.com. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's BG. findashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. Radio KLZ 560. More on the cat side of the fence as well. Somebody called in a moment ago, too, and said, well, John, you know, those those cable protectors, you know, if they've got a Sawzall, they could always have a grinding wheel and, you know, or a cutoff wheel and cut that. Yeah, they could. Again, folks, all we're talking about is with these, you know, cat clamps and some of these locks along those lines is it's a cable device that wraps around the cat, the pipe, and so on. You could wrap it around a frame or something along those lines as well. Uh, keep in mind, you've still got to get all of the cables. There's multiple cables. It's not one. There's about six cables typically that they would have to use the cutoff wheel to cut through to then take the cat. Could they do that? Sure. They're going to go to an But they're going target. to the easy one. Yeah. They're going to go to the next car that doesn't have this, typically not take this one. That All yeah. we're doing is, I hate to say this, but you're just shoving them to the guy that doesn't have it. That's all you're doing yep. here. It's like you having a fully locked, secure, alarmed house and the guy next door not. They're going to skip yours, go to the next one. That's all we're doing with these yep. devices. Nothing is, folks, nothing's foolproof. They can take the whole car if they want to. Yep. Right, let's face, let's yeah, face it. Face, face it. There's bank robbers and all that other stuff. They, they can really get it. want it. They're going to take it. If, if someone really wants something, That's they're getting right. it one That's way right. or another. You got it. Paul and Monument, you're next, sir. Yeah, good morning, John. Great show as always. Thank you. But I do have to tell you, my local Napa store does not carry an alternator for an 82 Fiat. Probably not. No, you are correct on that one, Paul. Good one. They need to update that commercial. Good one. Good one. <laughs> anyway, we were texting a while back about my uh, Quadra Drive Jeep that's two-wheel drive rear only. Yes. And you said you'd be surprised if it was in the T case. Yes. And I got uh, a really good diff shop down here in town, and it's uh, creatively enough called the diff shop engineer owns it and uh, he's so backed up i mean what you've been saying about older cars being yep. maintained he's got 30 cars sitting on the lot doesn't shock not me drivable and he's two weeks behind and oh, so geez. are the other shops down jeez. here jeez but uh consensus is that uh, and it's a napa related item there too that uh somebody changed the right front axle oh. which everything drives off of okay because of that boot 
and they put in the shorter axle. That would make sense. <laughs> okay, that would make total sense. So I go to Napa to get one, call them up. Yeah, we've got a reman. We've got an original. A dip shop guy said, you're better off with a reman now than a new Chinese one. So I get, get into their computer and start looking at it. They don't even specify quarter drive or not. But one axle, the new one, is shorter than the reman by about an inch. So that's enough to make a big difference. Oh, yeah. They, they give you the dimensions but not the application for the Jeep. So mm. that's my project for tomorrow. See if that fixes uh, my two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive. I would venture to guess it will, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> if if I got the short one in there, I won't know until I get it apart. Right, right. I think you're on the right track. And then the uh, I got two starting issues with this thing, you know. And this is my second Jeep. It's just empty every pocket. And uh, my 07 would go into a no crank position, just not a click, nothing every once in a while because they had got the 47. They had just run a spade connector down to the solenoid wire. You go through the Underbody wash, and once it dries out, you got enough corrosion, the thing won't start. Go tap on it with a tire iron and get it home. But now on this other Jeep, this 2001 with only 50,000 miles, every once in a while you hit the key, and it'll act like it's intermittent, like you just tap the key and didn't turn it as surely. It'll kind of click, skip, and then engage and start. And then another time when I can't been able to figure out exactly when it's doing it, it's so irregular. I'll hit the key to start it. It turns over like crazy, but it won't start until I floor the throttle. Hmm. Okay. That means it's flooding. On an injected vehicle, when you start and you push the floor, you push the foot feet all the way to the floor, the accelerator pedal all over the floor, you're doing a, a flood clear mode at that point, which means it's got too much fuel if it's starting at that point, Paul. something Something's causing it to overfuel. You think it could be bleeding down, got a leaky injector? Very possible, yes. Because it'll do it hot, it'll do it cold. Very po- Yeah, very possible. Do it a short stop, do it a long stop. It's really weird. Very, very possible. You don't think fuel pump? I doubt it, no, because normally if you've got a flood condition, uh, fuel pump's pumping fine at that point. Uh, typically not. I mean, could it be a pressure regulator where it's got too much pressure, that's bleeding past an injector? Yeah, possibly, although I will tell you that's... That's typically not the way that works. It's typically an injector that goes bad, not the, the, the pump or the regulator. Yeah, now they mentioned that a couple of times when it's done that. It seems like it's turning over faster than normal, like maybe fuel wash down the rings. And when it does start, I do get some white smoke out well, there. Well, it's, it's flooded. I, well, I can already tell you, if you on a fuel-injected vehicle, just like an old carburetor, if you put your foot all the way to the bottom and you're clearing that flood condition, uh, essentially is what you're doing there, and it starts, it, yeah, it's, it's flooding somehow. And I know it doesn't happen often on you know, fuel-injected vehicles, unless we've got a problem with fuel delivery. Yeah, so I'll try some 44K, and if not... It's yeah, that, you know, if you've got a pinnel that's sticking or something in an injector, that would tell you. At least you know you're on the right track. Yeah, nothing... I mean, it, that's a, you know, that's a really easy try to see if it does anything. Yeah, I have put some in that before, and it doesn't smell too good running in the shop when you've got that. No, it doesn't. You're correct. That's some bad, that's some bad juju. All well, thank you, John. You're very welcome, Paul. Let me know how that, you can even email me. Let me know how that axle comes out. I'd, I'd love to hear. Uh, Bob in Centennial, you're next. Oh, hi. How's it going there? Good, Bob. No, I just wonder on this catalytic converter situation, I mean, who are these thieves uh, selling these things to, and why, why can't law enforcement go after some of the people that are buying these? Oh, the scrapyards uh, and, you know, people that take, you know, either, you know, you know, they're either buying some of the, pre- you know, a lot, by the way, a lot of these, these thieves will cut the cats open themselves. They'll even take all the precious metal out and melt it down themselves and even settle, even sell it as is. Some of the scrapyards will also do that. 
and, and I'm not trying to point fingers, but we, we've all known for years and years and years, and I'm sorry if you're in this industry and you're a really good guy, but your industry isn't always, and that is that there is not always the most honest of individuals in the scrapyard industry, Bob. Yeah. It just seems like there's some way they go after the the source, which is the money that they get from these. Well, you these, know, and keep you know. in mind, in defense of law enforcement, I think this is where they're trying to tag some of these and then determine does a scrapyard have a bunch of cats that either are tagged or have that ground off. Uh, you know, that would be another indicator that a, a scrapyard's doing some things that are a little bit more nefarious than others. But, you know, keep in mind, you know, Jeff, you know, they take cats off and replace them on an ongoing basis in a legitimate way. You know, yeah, they're going to go take that, get what they can out of it with the scrapyards and so on and get some of that money back. I mean, that's just the, that's just you know part of doing business, Bob. So it's not it's not an illegal activity in and of itself unless the guy knows it came from a stolen, you know, it's a stolen cat. Yeah, because cats get replaced daily, anyways. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's a sticky problem. And and by the way, these guys are also taking cars that go to junkyards and get wrecked and totaled and so on. You know, they're scrapping those things out. So again, there's nothing illegal about taking a cat apart and taking the metal out and, and, and getting the, the precious metals out and making money off of it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's part of how we keep the cycle of needing those, you know, filling that need of precious metals, I should say. Uh, but let's face it, there, there are some folks out there just like, you know, just like fences and jewelry and other things that are out there. There's always that guy that's going to take those cats and do something with it because that's the nature of the beast. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, you go out and okay. rob a, you know, rob a jewelry store. You can't go sell that stuff on the open market because the police are going to find you. But that's what fences do. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, enjoy your show. You Thanks bet, Bob. No, th- great question. But not, not, not knocking that question. It's a legitimate question, but that's the answer there. And unfortunately, humans are humans, and there's always going to be nefarious folks running around, and that just is what it is. And when yep. the times get tough like they are now, theft goes. Up. That is a leadership political thing more than anything we can talk about. But hang tight, guys. We'll be right back. Mike in Westminster and Warren in Cheyenne. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. JC's 4x4 has been Denver's premier Land Rover independent service facility since 2005. With all of today's latest off-road technology, JC's British and 4x4 is a Land Rover specialty shop. Not only do they service, but they will also outfit and restore your vehicle. The dedicated staff and attention to detail make JC's British your one-stop shop for your Land Rover or 4x4 adventures. JC's British and 4x4 is committed to quality and excellence, whether taking your kids to school or hitting the back roads for adventure. No matter what road you own from the newest Discovery and Range Rover to an older Defender or Series truck, we can help you maintain, repair, or modify your vehicle. When you're tired of paying dealer prices and only given limited options, call JC's British and 4x4 to service and customize your Land Rover or 4x4. Call JC's British and 4x4 right now at 720-586-4756. That's 720-586-4756. Or go to jcbritish.com. 
At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. Rates are low, but are you still paying too much interest? Why continue to pay most of your interest up front like a conventional loan when you can use the asset manager to save thousands in unnecessary interest costs? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. The asset manager is a simple interest loan, which means when your payoff decreases, your payment decreases, and so does your interest. Our clients are paying off their home in half the time. They're not changing their spending habits, and they have access to their equity for 30 years, even after it's paid off. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Think about it. This simple interest loan allows you to own your home faster, access your equity for 30 years, which means never having to refinance over and over and over again to pay off debts or for home improvements. No more requalifying, no more additional costs. Call 720-895-0500, Affordable Interest Mortgage, and see for yourself. You're in control, not the bank. NMLS 298191, regulated by door, equal credit lender. Drive Radio. We are back. Warren in Cheyenne. How are you, my man? You doing all right? What are you doing, brother? We are good. We are doing very well. How are you up there? No, I'm fine, brother. Good. How's, how's winter going, going so really far, well. Warren? I don't know. I'm just staying low. I thought I'd give you a call before you think I'm a recluse. Well, I was wondering where you're at. <laughs> I'm still alive. All right. Good. Are you working, or are you just I hanging just, tight for the winter? You know, I just take on a few. I got a couple of custom rear bumpers to do. Nice. And uh, snow blowers and snow plows, so I'm all right. All right. Good. Well, when you get older, you just work when you want. Nothing wrong with that. That's that's the goal. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> good show on catalytic converters. I got to laugh, though. I took all mine off. Both trucks, they don't have them. Yeah. Well, you can do that where you're at. I can do it in, in Wyoming. You can't do it in Colorado. Nope. Not no. down here, you can't. But, uh, well, and then trying to take them off on a car that has rear O2 sensors. But that's a problem, that, that too. Causes, yeah. That causes you know, other problems. <laughs> they can be an issue unless you know how to get around it. Now, your light will come on, but it has no effect on the engine. Nope, does not. Well, it can it to can. a small extent. There are some cars that use the rear O2s for fine-tuning of the fuel trim. Correct. Yeah, I, mine is... Yours is old enough unit. that's not an issue. Yeah, it's not an issue. But uh, the trucks are excellent. The well truck is unstoppable. 
Good. That that gum thing keeps surprising me. Well, why? Well, it's an '89, it's good but truck. it's all custom. Yeah, it's a good truck, though. And, well, that 460 just keeps on a ticking. Yeah, they were. That was a good combo back then. They worked well. Yeah, and uh, everything else is going fine. Just waiting on little uh, playoffs. That's coming. And uh, we'll and we'll just go from there. Awesome. Lawrence, always good talking to you. Glad you're doing well. Yes. Big hug, buddy. Love you, man. Appreciate you calling in, man. I appreciate it very, very much. I, I mean that sincerely. Thanks for uh, for checking in on us. Mike in Westminster, you're up, sir. Hey, John Company. How you doing, uh, man? Good morning. I'm okay. How about you guys? We're well today. Good, good. You're just uh, looking forward to winter being done. <laughs> I'm a native Colorado, so winter's... Uh, I've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just had a, you know, it's not a not a severe question, but it's one of those irritating things with the high-tech and modern modern cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, my 08 Ultima, excellent car overall, but the, an irritating side of it is I've got a, uh, I'm, I'm really pretty good about keeping up on specs of my air pressure tires. Okay. And I've got, I've had, Probably for about three years, uh, the TP sensor showing up on the dash. Mm, TPMS. And yeah, and, and I've had it in. I've had it in. I've had it in. I've changed tires. I've, uh, you know, I, like I said, I maintain my own, watch my own pressures pretty regular. And I've even I've taken it into dealers, and those guys have nobody can nobody's canceled it. I've a lot of times I forget this, but I've gotten so used to it. And I thought, okay, well, maybe I can disable it. I've got all my tires up to spec. I should be able to, you know, cut the, uh, pull the yank cables, the terminals on the battery, reset it, and be good to go. That's never worked. You guys have an opinion on why or how you could disable something like that or why it would would prolong like that? Well, um, as far as disabling the system, legally a shop's not going to be allowed to disable a tire pressure monitoring system. Uh, that said... How old are the on, sensors? On some of the... Well, bef- yeah, we would definitely go into that part of it. I mean, he said it was 08, so if the sensor's original, they may have just died at this point. Um, yes, they are. There are certain... Up to a certain year, I think it was before 2010, I think... A lot of the manufacturers had the ability to shut off the system because it was not yet a federal regulation. And if I remember correctly, there's some verbiage out there that basically says you can disable the system if it's already broken. You can't disable an operating system for for a service shop. I'd have to double-check the, the wording on that. That's assuming it's, okay. it's able to be disabled, which would be a computer programming thing. Um, but back to... Um, John's statement, the sensors are original in the car. They're all pretty much battery-powered. They only have a certain amount of life in them in the first place. Each wheel has its own sensor, right? It has a receiver in the wheel well that receives that signal. If the fault, and I don't know if, you're, if yours is a generic or tells you which location it's at, if, it, if you rotate the tires around and the fault follows the location, then it's in the sensor itself. If that fault stays with, let's just say hypothetically, the left front, even though you've rotated your tires, then you may have a sensor fault, a, a pickup sensor fault. Um, 
So there's a little bit of diagnosis you could do on your own end if you wanted. Uh, a good dealership, a good independent shop is going to be able to look at that information and find out exactly what's going on for you. Okay, yeah, I, I don't detect a, a proximity dedicated thing because I, I do regular rotation, you know, and it doesn't change. It doesn't. What I was just ba- mostly at, asking is, you know, how, why can't, I know the other codes you can answer and acknowledge them and wipe them out and, you know, they're, no, they're not valid. Yeah, this, this one, there's this a procedure. One, I, I looked it up for you, Mike. This one has a procedure where there's actually a part of the lower dash panel you have to take off. There's a white two-pin connector just for the TPMS. You have to ground that to the chassis, turn the car on, depress the brake pedal six times. If it works properly, the TPMS blinks. Uh, you then use your believe it or not, turn signals to know which one you're trying to reset, and there's a process, basically, to get all of those reset. With that being said, I think, you know, first of all, Jeff's spot on. I would put new TPMS sensors in it because by now they're, they're done. I mean, they're, they're at an 08, you know, 14 years old. Uh, at this point, they're, they're gone. So I would put new sensors in it. Then either you or a shop go through this reset, you know, uh, reset procedure, if you would, and, and do it that way. The other option, you didn't hear this from me, you can take a, I've seen guys do this, you can take a pressurized canister, PVC, make a you know pressurized canister that you put in the rear. You take four new sensors, you throw them in that canister, pressure it up to whatever it's supposed to be, do your reset procedure at that point, and you're good to go. <laughs> you really want to drive around with a pressurized PVC canister in your trunk? Just saying that, you know, <laughs> a lot of guys, a lot, I've known a lot of Jeep guys because of, you know, switching oh, tires yeah. out, you know. Yeah frequently or they air down air up and so on it's a way to fool the system into it thinking that everything is okay but yeah and i've seen guys and then on these older vehicles like this i've seen guys do that just because those systems even even up until probably 2010 2012 were still junk yeah they were they were garbage Uh, oh yeah i i just you know i to me a lot of technology is is excellent you know i mean i well, here's my problem with TPMS and why I don't care telling people how to go around it. This was a government-mandated you know, deal that happened back in the you know, late 90s. It, it was garbage. It came out of the big Explorer, flat tire, Firestone mm-hmm. debacle is where that came from. It was a knee-jerk reaction yeah. to something that didn't yeah. need a re- reaction yeah. in the first place. It, it's added cost to vehicles ever since. Most people ignore it. It's a bunch of garbage is what it is. Exactly. If you're a halfway decent, uh, conscious, conscientious mm-hmm. car owner, and you don't, you know, you don't want to be doing, doing the explorer in the ditch, rolled over thing, you're going to watch your tire pressures. And it just is. Yeah, I, I agree. Super agree with you, John. That you know, hey, if you're, you watch it and they're up to spec, this thing is just a pure irritant. That's all it, it is. It, you know, mm-hmm. it it caters to lazy people that uh, blow out, you know, like. I agree with you on we should have the – I've seen some super bad cars. We, the old uh, Colorado safety inspection, super valid compared to this ridiculous yep. air emission. Yep. I can't, I can't – again, yeah. you guys know my feeling on that. I've talked about it many times on the show. And, and, and again, folks, am I anti-safety? You guys all know me. Of course not. No, I, I believe in safety devices and so on. But I also believe in devices that work. And I will tell you that I think most people – have gotten to the point with TPMS lights just like they do the check engine light. And as long as that thing's not flashing at them, they'll drive for eons with those things on, and they're not paying any attention anyway. So at the end of the day, how, how good of a system and tool is it really? Yeah, it's, 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 it's comparable to the, you know, the front. 
To the what? Say it again. Water. I lost you. More than water. Oh yeah. You know yeah. you get used to that. I've gotten used to that TPS because I know it's I know it's invalid. I know it's bogus. I, I my and you're not alone. Fine, I, and and know. by the way, for everybody listening, there are. I'll drive a brand new press car even today. 2022, I'll hop in a brand new press car that if it gets cold enough outside, because the sensors hate cold weather, by the way, you know the tires are up. You can yeah. look at them physically and say, yeah, these are all good to go. And yet the light will still be on because the weather has dropped. And it's still a common problem even on new cars today. They still don't have this thing, in my opinion, fully, you know, all the bugs worked out. There's- uh, sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, your tires are black. They're the equivalent of solar collectors in the summer. They're the equivalent of, uh, right. you know, a, a shed. A shed going to a shed compared to your house, and right. it's going to be a hell of a right. colder compared to your heated right. house. Again, you know, I, it just, not not against safety yeah, things, but this you. is one of those where there it's just a pain yeah. in the rear. Well, over the top, stupid nannyism. Yep, it know, is it's exactly what it is. People. Yep. But anyway, John, I just thought I'd bounce. That no, I appreciate it. No, Mike, thanks. Uh, and again, I, I do think he's at a point where sensors are, they're they're I, gone. I, I will I will say this though, with the advent and the continued evolution of the self driving car. Having a warning system for that computer system is not necessarily a bad thing. No, given the direction not, it's headed, true. Yeah, not saying there's not potentially better ways to do it because there are a couple cars out there that I believe are doing something rather than a direct pressure sensor. They're measuring um, oh, circumference, circumference, or, or they're measuring Ooh, the, the, the uh, rotations per mile. That's better. And so it's actually able. So it knows off of that. Well, that's something. a good idea. Yeah, I, I like heard that. about it. I haven't. That's way better than the sensor thing. Because this way you're not suck. relying on a sensor. You're just using what's already existing, yeah. which is your wheel speed sensors, which that system is That's easy. has been developed into a very reliable, very accurate system. Yeah, the uh, everybody knows my feeling on the sensors. I mean, and we've been on air long enough to where we were here when these things first came out. So I've been talking about, you know, these TPMS sensors for a very, very long so, time. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, am I a guy where I want everything on the vehicle to work correctly? Yeah, I am that guy. And if one's not working, I'll figure out why and get it fixed and so on. So, so. Here's a question for you. When, when they come out with the new generation of the, the, the airless tires and you have mm-hmm. a federal requirement for a TPMS sensor, How how's that they, what are they going to do? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> leave it, I'll leave it at that. We're going to talk about LoJack when we come back. Get questions for us, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. In these difficult times, Arvada West Auto and Truck is geared up servicing and maintaining their customers' vehicles. Throughout the COVID disruption, they still manage to keep their staff busy every day. As a reminder, Arvada West Auto and Truck specializes in electrical, climate control, brakes, tune-ups, emission failures, exhaust, steering, suspension, drivability issues, and maintenance services. Come visit or call Arvada West Auto and Truck. 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at 303-422-1065. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? 
And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to chance. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Kip in Colorado Springs is next. Go ahead, sir. Hey, yeah, uh, enjoy your show. And I just want to give a shout-out to Geno's because last summer they were advertising the uh, evaporator clean-out, and I went and did that. Wow, what a difference. Good, thank you. Appreciate that. I know they do as well. Uh, Yeah, and it was great having the room or the loaner car and all. But my question is, the, uh, the dump tube from your evaporator, to your firewall is that parallel with your frame or is there a negative slope on that i'm sorry say that one more time i kind of missed it a little bit okay the uh the dump tube from yep. your, your ac evaporator to your firewall is there a negative slope on that or is it parallel with your frame and the reason i'm asking is because my driveway has a, a little bit of a slope to it and with uh, parking like that would right that, right that makes sense and a little it'll right? vary a bit depending on your your vehicle um, you know, so, but usually it's a, a, I would say the vast majority of them probably have a fair slope to them. Okay. So, so if the driveway has a slope, would you suggest backing in and parking it backwards? Yeah. Depending on your car, you might have to. Yeah. I mean, luckily, okay. I mean, typically you're not having a whole lot of water in any one usage or one drive, um, because it's constantly draining as you're driving. Um, right. So I don't know if I'd worry too much about it, especially if the drain tube and the assembly is sealed well. If you had a little bit of you know fluid puddled inside the unit temporarily, and then when you go to drive away, it drains out. So I I probably wouldn't worry about it too much unless for some reason you're seeing some uh, some water on your interior. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I, and it uh, 
but like I said, that, that uh, what they did at Geno's really took the smell out. It smells great. It's been about six months ago. Well worth two hundred bucks. Gotcha. Yeah. So. That's the... Yep. Okay. Yeah. That, that's that was my question. Thank you. Oh, that's great. No, I, I appreciate that, uh, Kip. Thanks and uh, great question. All right, I just got. This is really interesting. So we have a listener that says, I never thought about this. Thanks for the tip. Now that Colorado leads the country in auto thefts, the Multi-Jurisdictional Auto Theft Task Force has added a focus on cats as one of the priorities. Okay, we all know that from stuff that even Jeff's been talking about. New aspect of the cat theft is that some folks have their cats stolen. Okay, we all get that. But they don't have any comprehensive coverage. They get a $3,000 estimate on the replacement cat and hear through the grapevine, quote-unquote, that they might be able to get a deal on a replacement one. They connect with the, quote-unquote, seller, and the thief gets more than he would get on the salvage value, and the victim gets a cat that may or may not pass an e-test the next time around. In other words, where's the cat coming from? Is it new? Is it a new crappy cat or in fact is it somebody going out and stealing one off of another vehicle just like yours so they can then sell you that cat oh, that came God. off the one they just stole That's crazy unreal. times guys yeah. well crazy and times they do have right now right with the california emission stuff that's gotten required right there's some wording on the emissions test scenario that if your catalytic converter has been replaced and it's not been replaced with a 50 state legal cat that the emission station is going to question when and where that catalytic converter was installed to the point where, I mean, and I seriously doubt any of them are really looking and caring and asking this, but the possibility exists that you had one installed a year or two before the Colorado law change occurred. Mm -hmm. True. You don't, you didn't bother keeping proof that it was replaced and air care Colorado could claim that they believe that cat is illegally replaced and force you to get a new cat. True. I don't believe that's going to happen. The, as long as it passes the emissions, they probably just say, heck, it passed. But but here's the deal. Some won't. Some, yeah. And that's happening. Some won't because yeah. of what you just said. Yeah. So my point with all of that, and I think the point of the listener that sent that in, and our listeners aren't this way, by the way, folks. I'm not blaming this on any of you. But some of you that are out and about and you listen to some of these stories and so on, sometimes – we are our own worst enemy. In other words, because you didn't have any insurance or because you can't afford the $3,000 cat and you hear about the quote-unquote deal uh, and you're willing to participate in said deal, you are now contributing to more of these things being stolen than you would have if you had just gone out and had that cat replaced initially the right way the first time and not had gone down the, the deal road, quote-unquote. Am I saying that? Uh, that makes sense. sense. I, I understand. In what other you're words, saying. some of these people are contributing to the theft of other ones because, as a thief knows that, oh, Jeff's got a nineteen or you got a twenty ten Corolla and you need a cat. Okay, I'll go find another Corolla that fits the description, hack it off, and sell it to Jeff for more money than I would have got out of the salvage guy. Right, which would be the deals that you find on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace of the guys Thank doing the stuff at home. Thank you, right? Jeff. Rather than going to a registered repair shop. I, I totally understand what you're saying. That's And that's my problem with some of the quote-unquote backyard mechanics that we see doing things out of their home. How legit is it? How much of this sort of thing is going on? And I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm not telling anybody they're you know, participating in theft or anything like that. But you just have folks, 
you get what you pay for. Keep in mind that guy that's working on that car down the street in a back alley someplace probably has no liability insurance, has no, any, has no insurance of any kind whatsoever. There's no security that if something goes wrong, you're even covered parts-wise, warranty-wise, or anything else for that matter. You literally are – it's a crapshoot on whether or not you're even getting good quality on getting the car fixed. Yep. And I'm not exaggerating in everything I just said. Well, you go to an extreme case. You go to some guy working out of his garage at home, and let's just say he does have some equipment that arcs out and or is using a torch and burns your car to the ground. Who's paying? You are. You know, that guy ain't. No, you're paying. If no. you didn't have coverage on that, then you're really out. Right. Again, just trying to get everybody to think through this. Lojack, somebody called in or sent, sorry, sent an email text message in about Lojack. And I will tell you that this is one of those areas that I don't know a ton about, even though I've got a fleet and equipment and so on. I've never really done much with the Lojack uh, end of things. Uh, Lojack, in my opinion, because of other things that have now come along, uh, I just don't know how necessary it is. What I mean by that is with telematics and a lot of late model vehicles and or fleet management systems that are in a lot of these vehicles now, there's alternatives to low jack and knowing if your vehicle is stolen, where is it, can you disable it, so on and so forth. Low jack's big claim to fame was if it gets stolen, you report it, they find it, they can shut it down remotely. That was the claim to fame. Telematics now in a lot of the newer vehicles can do the exact same thing if you have a service agreement with right. OnStar or whoever it happens mm-hmm. to be. If you don't, it gets a little bit more dicey. Uh, but here's the other thing I will tell you. Most of these thieves... They know these systems pretty well, and they're using devices, for example, rollback trucks and things like that, where they literally, if it's a car they want or a truck they want, they can roll in, even with a club on the steering wheel. They can roll up with a rollback truck. Uh, They actually, believe it or not, they use a PAM or any kind of a grease on the rollback. I've seen this done on, on video, by the way. They take PAM, spray down the deck of the rollback, because the wheels are all going to be locked up on whatever vehicle they're stealing. Mm-hmm. They then winch it up, and since it's slick on the rollback, they can winch that thing right up on the back of the rollback, lickety-split, no issues. It's, it's just It slides right up like a set of skis on a mountain. I'm not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. Literally, they slide the vehicle up, they chain it down, off they go. Believe me, they've got that thing in a chop shop or wherever they're going to take to get it delivered, probably in some sort of a Faraday-type building where the signal, even if it's working, it, and they're disconnecting batteries and other things right away as well. Reality is your chances of finding a vehicle once it's gotten stolen, like I just said, is probably slim anyways. I'm still one on watch where you park, have have the right insurance, pay attention to everything going on around you. If you've got the ability to do cameras and things like that to watch this stuff, it's always a deterrent. Again, whatever we can do to keep that person moving to the next house or vehicle is the thing to do. Jeff Corman, JC's British and 4x4. Tell folks how they can get a hold of you. All right. So they can reach us at 720-227-9118 or our main email service at jcbritish.com. And our new location should be opening sometime in February. Pretty quick. So we'll stay tuned on that one. Folks, uh, Sportsman of Colorado should be up next. Scott Watley and the crew. Don't go anywhere. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Larry. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. Otherwise, I'll see you guys on Monday. Rush to Reason, Denver's afternoon rush. But this has been Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments 
Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.